Now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Take me to the Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir? I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me along with Captain Dennis today. We are your crew as we navigate the latest aviation news and information here on Just Plain Radio, the show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly. So, uh, Dennis, uh, he has a lot of stuff for that uh, he's been stockpiling to cover on the show uh, today for sure. However, we're going to talk to uh, our good buddy Jim Folson. Who uh, this is the first time we've talked to him since he's you know received an award at Air Venture and he is on Just Plane Radio as we speak. Jim, welcome. How are you, buddy? Pretty good, brother. How are you? Well, I'm good, but I would imagine you're better. I mean, you're an uh, official award winner now, right? Well, I was better than you beforehand. <laughs> well, hey, now don't make me don't make me kick you off the air now. Come on. All right, yeah, so we, we've been talking about this uh, last few weeks. Uh, well, last time we spoke, you were at Air Venture, and you had built and debuted your new RV7, and um, and you had, I don't know, did you have to submit it for the award, or did they just say, hey, this is awesome, uh, you win, kind of thing? Uh, no, when you land there, you uh, indicate to them that you want the aircraft judged. There's really not much to it, you just... Uh, fill out a little form. I don't think I even did it. I think Smokey did it. Yeah. But, um, and then they come around periodically throughout that. I understand they do it a little different with like Warbirds and Vintage. They tell you when they're going to come around, but uh, with Homebus, they just sort of drift by and, right. and look it over. But knowing how you and Smokey operate, especially Smokey, she knows who is who. And uh, was there like, did you like grease the wheel with like a, you know, Benjamin or something or what? <laughs> Well, we did actually meet some of the judges when they were picking up their golf cart. Yeah. So we we did have an opportunity to to just you know get an idea of what they were like, you know. But uh, in the main, we didn't really have a whole lot of interaction with them. For now, do you know Smokey? She could have she, she could have talked them up a whole lot more, and I didn't know about it. But, well, that's why I'm no. saying she's very social, yeah. and I have no doubt that she would you work think? that magic. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, but uh, but yeah, um, no, I didn't. I didn't know any of them beforehand. Yeah. Well, once again, I think there's 22 of them. There were 22 I, on display, and you won. No, 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 what? no. There's 22 judges. Oh, 22 judges. Oh man, that's a lot of schmoozing. Yeah. Jeez, they yeah, make it so very I, difficult to pay somebody I, off, I guess, or make it. Too I'm expensive. not. I'm not up to that. Okay, I know. <laughs> he he wouldn't try that. Yeah. Uh, maybe two or three, but twenty-two, no. Uh, so, so what? What? What was the category that you won for your RV seven again? What was it? Well, it's just the quality of the build. It, um, we didn't. Uh, we won a plaque for uh, outstanding workmanship. Excellent. So um, there were there were several that got that, and then there were some that got uh, uh, different awards. Um, but it was a, it was a good. It was a good effort, you know. It was a good result for our first time. Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. after you got wind that you had won this award, did you go around the other planes and say "suck it, losers" or what? Uh, <laughs> I might have done that fifteen years ago. <laughs> what? I, I mellowed a bit. Oh, I, I yeah, that's you are a liar. 
I know you. Come on. <laughs> you had to gloat a little. Dennis, did you see him doing that at AirVenture? Come on. Uh, no, actually. He okay. was pretty uh, pretty calm, and but then again, he might have been nursing a toothache. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're... yeah. I did. <laughs> I did. And I'll tell you, tell you Greg, uh, uh, I had a filling come out of my tooth about six months ago, and mm. I was like, eventually this is going to hurt. <laughs> if I can just make it through Oshkosh. And I made it to the last day. <laughs> and, uh, I wound up getting a root canal on the Monday after the show yeah. there in Oshkosh. So that was that was kind of a low point for AirVenture this year. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that would kind of blow. I, I can yeah. understand that being an issue. All yeah. right. But uh, you still did have a good time, and, and you won. That's what matters. Yeah. 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 So that, that uh, had to feel good after all the work you put into your RV7. I mean, we've actually had uh, uh, some emails, and you know, we were talking about this when we had you on for AirVenture, and they said, hey, look, uh, you're talking about how great his, his uh, plane looks. I know it's just plain radio, but could you please share some pictures of this paint scheme that he came up with for his RV7? And we're going to see about getting some of those shots and putting them up on just plain radio. You're you're uh, you're okay with that, right? Well, sure. Yeah. Okay. Just checking. You know. Yeah. You know. Now that you're kind of a hot shot, you know. Yeah. Kind of a bit, yeah it's the award winning uh, Captain Jim Folson. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's right. um the air, the airplane in itself is an award, so I don't you know it's. It's, it, I'm, I'm not really that worked up about the award. I'm just jazzed about the airplane itself. Well, so. <laughs> so what have you been doing since uh, AirVenture? Have you been flying it all around the country? Or what? Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what. Uh, I flew it back to uh, Plattsburgh, New York. Um, that's where my daddy lived, and mm-hmm. uh, he passed away, as you know, uh, uh, spring of 2018. But I still have my boat up there. and uh, So I flew it up there, and then, uh, and then I, I needed a part for the boat you know one of these obscure sailing parts and so i called around all these vendors and they're like oh and you need to call Schaefer, the manufacturer because we'll have to get it from them and or no they said we get we'll have to get it from Schaefer, and it'll be a week you know and everybody three or four people told me that i said why don't i just call Schaefer direct and i called them and they said um this is on a thursday they said well it'll be tuesday before we can get it and I said to the lady, I said, well, where are you located, darling? And she said, oh, we're in New Bedford, Massachusetts. And I thought to myself, oh, my goodness, I have an airplane. I believe I'll just run down and get it tomorrow. How about so, that? Yeah, so uh, Smokey and I ran down there and got, grabbed the courtesy car, went over and picked up that part. And, it, you know, it, yeah, it's a little more expensive than having a ship, but we got it when we needed it, and it was fun to go flying. So. Absolutely. I mean, one yeah. of the benefits of having your own plane now. Yeah. I mean, you're, yeah. it's kind of a big deal. I mean, yeah. I, I know they, that's what you've been working for for the last God knows. Well, how many years you figure you've been working on this officially? What do you think? Well, we pounded the first rivet on the empennage in uh, February 2013. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, now we we had a lot of off time in there, you know, um, with with uh, health problems and my parents passing away and stuff like that. But. Right. Uh, but you know, six years start to finish. Okay, All right. just a kiss over. Right, but yeah. but you know, though it was worth the wait. And then you won oh, a, yeah. a war to boot. So uh, so you're flying around, you're enjoying things, you're picking up parts that you need, you're using it as a utility uh, vehicle kind of thing when you need it. Yeah. But, but you yeah. just love getting up there and playing in between your real gig of yeah. actually flying. Yeah. 
uh, for a commercial airline and like yep. 777. So uh, the comparison, I would imagine, is totally different, or there is no comparison, is there? Well, they're both in the same realm, but they're not. <laughs> they're not as akin as one might think. Yeah, um, it's a lot harder to fly a small plane by yourself than it is to fly a seven eighty seven with another guy. Yeah, you know, and uh, there's a lot more variables, and um, but more gratifying, I would imagine, flying your own little yeah, plane like well, that. Well, that's where my that's where my heart is, Greg. You know, yeah. I've, I've said it before. If I could get paid to fly a Bonanza, the same thing I do a seven eighty seven. You'd never see me in a jet again. Mm. It's not. It's not that I don't like flying the jet. Just I like flying the small plane so much more. Right, and that's because what you just feel the flying aspect of it more. Like when you're in the seven seven seven, you're just pressing a bunch of buttons and it's all computerized or something. Yeah, and or it's all, it's real regimented, you know. Yeah. And it, it's 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 real similar one flight to the next. There's not a whole lot of variables, whereas you know. Just, just your schedule, you know. Yeah, you you, you go when you want, you know. Right. Well, or when you can. <laughs> you have a lot more freedom, and, and you're a yeah. you're a free spirit. You well, especially Smokey. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I can only imagine she's tickled pink flying around in that new RV seven, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we got we're going to be up there with the airplane until October. Uh, when we can pull the boat out and then we'll take it down to Florida. But there's a lot of cool places to fly around up there Yeah, in the Northeast. Are and, you uh, planning some fly-in uh, events yourself already? I mean, you were already doing those before even you had your plane. Now it's going to yeah. be you actually fly in, right? Yeah, and we're going to go down to Triple Tree in September okay. in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And that'll be a big time. We've, we've been to an event at Triple Tree before, but we've never been there for the Triple Tree fly-in in September. So we're going to go down there and... Uh, well, hey, uh, congratulations to hey, you and hey, Smokey. That's hey. awesome stuff. Before you go, I got to clarify one thing. Yeah. Okay. I, I heard Dennis talking about that uh, Duluth underwear photograph. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to make clear because he didn't make it clear. I was not in that picture. That wasn't your butt? No, I oh. was not in that picture. And Dennis saw that picture being made from a long way away on the front side i was on the back side and it was not a pleasant okay. place to be all right we'll i just it said in. it was you that provided the photo i didn't say you were in right, it right. No, i know yeah. i just want to, i want to make it clear because she okay. bought me a pair of that <laughs> underwear but i didn't want to act like that <laughs> never <laughs> so out of character all right we got yeah. more coming up on just plain radio Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. 
Flightstudy.com. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Be an explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. About this time, someone is telling you to get on the plane. Get on the plane, get on the plane. I say, <laughs> you, I'm getting in the plane. In the plane. Let evil Knievel get on the plane. I'll be in here with you folks in uniform. I be fly yeah, I be fly Shout it, I be fly yeah, I be fly Shout it, I be fly It take long to get this fly. If you ain't up on my level, disappear, please don't reply. Bye. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along. Captain Dennis. We are navigating the latest aviation news and information here on Just Plane Radio. And uh, we are based in Orlando, Florida. So, you know, sometimes some more of the more, you know, colorful stories in the aviation world come out of our state. And uh, we don't usually like to take ownership of them, but, eh, you know, we're here. Who cares? They don't call it Florida for nothing. And we have a couple stories to navigate that kind of drill home that point. Do we not, Dennis? Uh, unfortunately, you do. And okay. they don't call him Florida man for, no, for uh, you know, just any reason, right? Yeah, I guess we will find out. Uh, so, so this first one, though, the flight didn't originate in Florida, but ended up in Florida, just arrived late. Is that what happened? Yeah, apparently uh, a flight was delayed over seven hours in New York City. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was bound for Florida. Yeah. And apparently... Seven hours cooped up in an Airbus uh, is enough to bring out the the Florida man and just about anybody because apparently police were called to the airport after uh, fights broke out of the airplane. And of course, there's cell phone video of it all over the Internet uh, of the fights on board the aircraft. You have to know it's rough. Just one more reason that, you know. Just get your own plane and avoid the, the big airports and the headache, right? Yes, build your own plane like, uh, you know, Captain Jim there, and uh, then you don't have to deal with this stuff. But do we know what caused the fights to break out other than the fact that they had to be cooped up on a plane for seven hours, which would make any person go crazy, whether they're from Florida or New York or what? I I don't know. It sounded like they had no idea where the ground crew is. They pushed them off to a remote gate. No food, no water. Fights mm. broke out. Just they're calling it a general nightmare. And I imagine it wouldn't take much to get uh, people's uh, blood pressure to a point where uh, they they felt that their only uh, release was to punch the guy next to him for 
maybe having his stereo on too loud or something. Who knows? Right. Well, and hey, the thing is, it could have been a bunch of snowbirds up in New York. So it may not have been a Florida issue regardless. They just happened to be coming to Florida where, you know, sometimes we, we get that. But, you know, at this time of year, it's anybody's guess. You know, they could have, they could have been, well, they wouldn't, no, they would have been going the other way, I guess, at this time of year. It's too hot down here for them to fly down. So it probably was a bunch of Florida people, Florida rednecks up there in New York City. And and just went a little uh, stir crazy in the airplane after seven hours. I what happened to the you know uh, the the bill of rights for for passengers? I thought over like two hours they had to uh, agree to go back to the gate or something. Isn't that yeah, I, I think it is. I think it's like no more than three hours, and they have to let you off the plane. But uh, you know, if they've got no gates, what do you do? Uh, yeah, everything was full. Everything was backed up with gate holds. I suppose they couldn't get them off, and it sounded like the ground crew had basically forgotten about them. They they pushed them off the gate, sent them to a the penalty box, as it were, out in the ramp to to wait for their release to be able to fly down. And you know, all this they kind of got left there. Yeah. Well, the tensions that, that, get uh, tensions rise, and people get angry. Somebody leans a seat back, and next all thing you chaos know, breaks melee. Loose. Right. Yeah. You know, the thing is, uh, I've had this happen to me. Actually, down in South Florida, nowhere near seven hours. But I've been on a plane for an hour, and uh, usually it's the pilot, though, that kind of gets on the radio, or at least so he says, and starts yelling at the ground crews and uh, at the tower and saying, hey, you know, I got a bunch of uh, irritated passengers on here. You better get me out to the gate. I mean, he kept coming back every 15 minutes and saying, well, it's going to be another 15 minutes, you know, and then he, he, you know, you're like, okay, he's reading a script. Yeah, you figure it at some point, but at the other side of the coin, it is up to him to make a bunch of noise to the tower and say, "Hey, uh, I am the pilot in command. Whether I'm flying or not, and or I'm sitting over here in a corner on the runway, you better get me into the gate." I mean, can't no, they I've raise hell? Than, oh, they can. But what do you do if you're at a remote gate? There's no air stairs and you know a jetway or anything. He can't even call Domino's to bring pizza because there's nobody that can get it from the ground to the plane. Hmm. You know, we've, we've seen many of these stories where the pilots have gone and ordered pizza on their own credit card to, to you know, take care of passengers. They're stranded on a, you know, delayed flight like that. But in this case, it sounds like it was just an absolute worst case scenario. I feel bad for the for the passengers. And, yeah. Well, I hope they got uh, some kind of air credit or something, because God knows after you spend seven hours in uh, in an aircraft stuck like that. The, the worst. I mean, the next thing you're going to want is another free flight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, let's do that again, shall we? Yeah. yeah. My flight was supposed to leave at 3, and we took off at 11.30. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I could have driven there probably in that amount of time, right? Okay. So what's this other uh, story? Is this more Florida-based on this next this one? one what? This one's definitely Florida-based. Okay. Uh, actually, a, a helicopter pilot in South Florida, uh, looks like he was out of Lantana, decided that he was going to go drop in on a friend's birthday party with his helicopter. He uh, he did dropped into the the birthday party and uh, wow, apparently cool. the neighbors didn't like that and called the cops. What? Yeah. Why apparently, uh, well, they they claim that the city has an ordinance that only allows aircraft to land at an actual airport. Uh, but this so this guy is now fighting the fighting city hall and trying to petition that uh, it's illegal for him or for them to restrict him to flying only from an airport or a heliport. Uh, he's saying that the city has no right to to restrict that. Uh, the state 
Florida Department of Transportation apparently has rules in place that do allow for off airport landings. And he's trying to get that, uh, trying to use that loophole there to uh, get out of paying the $500 fine. Wow. Uh, so what was yeah. he given rides or did he just go and show up and say, Hey, look how cool I am. Yeah. I think it was more one of the, one of those situations where, Hey, you know, how about we just drop into this backyard and, well, when they the cops came and shut him down, then they actually had, had the fire department come in and close the street off so that he could actually take back off out of there. They just really went way over the top. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine that would violate plenty of ordinances, uh, let alone your HOA <laughs> rules and things like that. But uh, on the other side of the coin, you know, you know what harm did it do? You know, I mean, if uh, if you can land in your backyard, I mean, if you did it all the time, of course, it'd freak everybody out. But I don't know. I mean, uh, well, how do you feel about that, Dennis? I, I mean, personally, as as a pilot, I would love to be able to fly a helicopter Heck for yeah. the ability to take off and land out of my own yard. Just push the airplane in and out of the garage instead of having to pay for a hangar rent or having to drive to the airport and all the headache with that. That'd be awesome. But I do understand and the neighbors probably wouldn't appreciate it as much unless you, you know, keep taking them for rides on a regular basis and make right. sure that they're all happy. But all it takes is one to complain. And yeah. in this case, it sounds like it was many. And this guy's uh, got a colorful past. As I, I read more into the article, it sounds like he's um, hasn't made too many friends with City Hall. Apparently, he bought a junked airplane and put it in his yard as a playhouse for the kids. And mm, they didn't no, find they that. love it when you do that. <laughs> they love it when you, especially when you paint your business name as a sign on the side of it, things oh, of like course. that. So, All right. So he's one of those folk. Yeah. Push it. Yeah. How far can I go? All right. Well, Uh, You live and learn what not to do from people that don't know better, I guess. More coming up on Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Up around the stratosphere at 31,000 feet. I'm gonna fly on out of here on wings that you can't see. If you're gonna fly high without fear, you're gonna have to learn to love the atmosphere, and you gotta learn to use those wings you can't see. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co pilot, that's me along with Captain Dennis rounding out the crew as we navigate the latest aviation news and information. The next one is, well, it's pretty much written for us at just plain radio am i right dennis yeah when you see an article that says giant gas bags pretty much sums it up right i think so so what is this uh all about exactly well you remember uh the the zeppelins of uh the, the 30s and 40s you know hindenburg was probably the most famous oh, right? humanity of course. exactly right well that that technology keeps coming around you know people keep looking at it and there's now a renewed interest in building larger uh, dirigibles like that, uh, up to 10 times larger. Wow. And still using hydrogen because helium is so hard to get. You know, there's very limited amount of it, but we can make hydrogen from water. And so they're still looking at doing that, but turning it into a drone and using it to replace the large freighters that are currently hauling freight. The hmm. idea is to let them ride the jet stream effectively for free. Um, and so they'll all have to go from west to east. So you'll have. Uh, airships leaving from the East Coast, heading to Europe, dropping off cargo, and then continuing around to China, picking up cargo, bringing it into the West Coast of the U.S., all 
flying just the prevailing uh, jet stream. But they'd so, be like five times as big as the Hindenburg. and be Ten able to, times, they're saying. Wow. Uh, but they'd be able to carry as much as a freighter on the ocean? Well, maybe not individually, but, uh, you know, when you have no emissions, uh, you don't need to have fuel. That leaves a lot more weight for cargo. And, uh, you know, you wouldn't have a crew on board either. They're looking at making these uh, remotely piloted because of the hydrogen fuel. Oh, like so one of those, have, uh, you know, uh, shark balloons. Yes, exactly. The remote control and fly it around people inside of an arena and all that type of stuff and uh, spook them out. But this would actually carry stuff. Yep, huh, this will be bringing your iPhones from China. Uh, will come in a couple and they of would days have in to, a big blimp. Well, they'd have to be designed like that. So instead of just yeah. a blimp, it'd have to be like a, a flying shark. That's my two cents to this whole thing. They project. should. I mean, why would you miss an opportunity like right. that? Right. Give your blimp. you got to put something on the side of it, right? And it's really intriguing how much thought they're putting into this because they're looking at putting a fuel cell and using the hydrogen inside of it to generate the power to turn the propellers. Well, it sounds Earth-friendly. Who knows? Might work. More coming up on Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Now go fly, be free. Time for me to fly. This is Just Plane Radio, Greg, a co-pilot. That's me, law Captain Dennis. We are navigating the latest aviation news and information here on Just Plane Radio and, you know, doing what we can to make you a little smarter, which brings us to our next topic, hypoxia. Is that right, Dennis? That's right. What is hypoxia, Greg? Do you remember any of that from your uh, ground school? It's a lack of oxygen, which would intend, uh, well, which would uh, result in you potentially passing out when you're flying an aircraft, right? Very good. Thank Someone you. Someone gave him a banana. Yeah. See, and then we, uh, you know, I know this stuff pretty well because I have to learn it as a scuba diver uh, when I was uh, doing my rebreather training. So I, I kind of know a little bit more about this than than most uh, people just off the street, I would think. Right? You you didn't do that rebreather thing, so I don't know. I didn't you're... do the rebreather, but a lot of that uh, gas theory was required to become a dive master. So ah, okay, all right. So some of it carries of over. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So this is kind of the opposite of what we deal with, uh, you know, in the ocean, because we don't have a we have a tendency to have uh, problems with oxygen uh, in general underwater becoming toxic. Uh, so it's not so much of being hypoxic, but but in the aircraft, you know, you're, you're, the atmosphere is getting lighter without getting too physical into physics and stuff. Uh, and that's when it causes problems for you because then you don't have enough uh, because there's less pressure and it's not being forced into your bloodstream and all that kind of stuff, which is what you need to survive and or function. And uh, I'm, I'm describing it right. 
Am yeah, I? absolutely yeah. perfect. You, you're nailing it exactly. Yeah. So well, I know, don't call myself a genius for nothing. Let's just be clear. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Mensa, where's your Mensa membership? Right? Yes, exactly. It's it's somewhere, surely. Uh, but it, okay, so uh, when it comes to uh, hypoxia, you don't want to experience it, obviously. But well, uh, and how would you know you're experiencing it? Well, At what would. altitude are you susceptible to it? You know, does is it the same for everybody? Mm, no, I'm going to say you're no. right. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. And that's why the FAA has, uh, is encouraging, uh, general aviation pilots to either take a chamber ride or go in one of these, uh, low oxygen chambers that they make available so that you can experience your symptoms. So you can maybe recognize it, uh, before it becomes too late. Mm-hmm. Now those from symptoms a- can be different from individual to individual. Yeah, some people can become euphoric. Some people just become oblivious and shut down. You know, it depends um, and how severe that is as well. You know, some people might get it, you know, even as low as 5,000 feet. They might start to see the tunnel vision and things like that and, and not even recognize that they're having a problem. Mm. So the FAA rules require that uh, pilots uh, be on oxygen anytime they're above 12,500 feet for more than 30 minutes. And if you're above 14,000 feet, you have to be on it at all times. But the rules are a little more strict if you're flying for hire, like charter or commercial airline pilots. And there they require that the pilots be on supplemental oxygen anytime they're above 10,000 feet. So the recommendation from the folks over at Pilot Workshop is maybe you should look at uh, being a little more conservative. And even though the rules say that we can be on oxygen up to 12,500 feet, um, maybe, maybe we want to consider going on oxygen earlier at 10,000 and at night, uh, I've been told that, you know, it can even benefit you even as low as 5,000 feet because night vision can be affected by the lower amount of oxygen. So if you want to find that, uh, that airport, uh, in an unfamiliar area, maybe putting on the oxygen will help you see it better. Well, they say, I mean, that's why we got these oxygen bars, you know, so even at the surface, you suck up some oxygen flavored with lavender or whatever the heck they're putting in it. I mean, God knows what it is. But uh, they supposedly, you know, the thing is it, it makes you feel better. You know, you're getting more oxygen. You know, what, what Michael Jackson used to go in an oxygen tank and and they think it has healing properties. Didn't work out so well for him, but that was a whole other thing. Hey, but it works for scuba divers. I mean, they put you in the barrow chamber and treat you for the bends. So they, yeah, there may be something, something to the theory. Well, it, there could be. You know, uh, but but regardless, you're right. I mean, and, and the narrowing of vision or, or blurriness is one of the first symptoms, I believe. And, and there's a quiz that they've put out to just, I don't know, help you brush up on your hypoxia knowledge. Is that what it is or what? Yeah. The uh, Air Safety Institute from the AOPA has put together a little safety quiz. And so you've already answered the first one. What is hypoxia? And okay. th- that was simply a state of oxygen deficiency. All right. Well, let's see if I can ace this puppy. Okay. So, so let's go 10? for number two. Yeah, number there's two? 10 of them. All right. Number two. Hypoxia is more common at high altitude because as altitude increases, the percentage of oxygen in the atmosphere decreases. Is that true or false? Um, the percentage of oxygen decreases. I'm going to say true. That's false. The, oh, percentage, the percentage stays the same. The pressure's less. Right. And so that's where we run in. It's the partial pressure thing, that whole physics side of the Okay. Because since there's less pressure, the oxygen isn't being pushed into your bloodstream so you can use it. Does exactly. that make sense? Yeah. Am I, I got that right, correct? You got that right. All yep. right. So I get 50% on that one. Next question. I'll give you a half credit. 
All right. You may experience hypoxia at any altitude, including sea level. True sure. or false? I, I say true. That is true. Yeah. Because carbon monoxide uh, can, can restrict the ability of the blood to hold um, oxygen, which would be a hypoxic condition. Mm-hmm. So something would be blocking the oxygen yeah. from your system. Which basically is hypoxia. You yeah. have a lack of oxygen. Right. Okay. And you don't want to have that happen. Okay. So I got that one. Next one. No, you already got this one too. When flying at night, the first symptom of hypoxia is a deterioration of vision. True or false? Well, true, but I don't know that uh, it would matter if it was night or not, would it? But it says when flying at night, one of the first symptoms is uh, the narrow deterioration of vision because of the rods and cones. Yeah. Uh, you've got less light, and so it's more noticeable than it okay. would be during the daytime. More exaggerated. Sure. Okay. I'll, I'll take that. Yes, I got that one. Next. All right. True or false. Uh, high altitude physiology training, such as an altitude chamber, is now no longer recommended because most pilots experience the same symptoms of hypoxia. Is that true or False. False. That's correct. We already said that earlier yep. that everybody should take a chamber ride. It, yeah, it, it's different. Like I said, people react differently to it and they may have the blurry vision or it may be, like you said, euphoric or acting dopey or, who, you or, know, who, it, there's a bunch of different results of uh, feeling it. And it depends on your physiology as an individual, right? Exactly. You know, I think anybody who's a watched officer and a gentleman remembers the altitude chamber scene in there where, you know, the guy gets kind of angry playing the flipping the cards and things like that. And I think you really should experience that at least once. So you understand. You got your angry drunks and your happy drunks. Same kind of theory in a sense. Anyway, next one. All right. So what items could render the body more susceptible to hypoxia? Alcohol. Antihistamines, such as Benadryl, Actifed, sedatives, sleeping pills, Valium, analgesics, which would be your aspirin, acetaminophen, ibuprofen, things like that, or all of them. All of them, easy. Correct. Yeah. Any, all of those can change how your body um, copes with uh, with oxygen deficiency. Right. Next question. What number now, are we on? We're on number seven. Okay. So histotoxic hypoxia, because there are a couple different kinds. Um, this typically occurs when uh, a toxin such as alcohol or narcotics has been absorbed, or the body's ability to carry oxygen is limited due to breathing excess carbon monoxide, or the blood flow through the body is restricted during positive G maneuvers in aerobatic flight. Hmm. Which one of those? I'm going to go a, with B, the C. C. Incorrect. Ah, that was it was actually him. A. It was a toxin that's really? interfering with the uh, body's ability to absorb oxygen. So much for my uh, theory. Whenever you don't know, always pick C. Uh, the answer Number again eight. was what? That was A. A toxin such as alcohol has been absorbed by the cells. Okay. All right. Next one. And then hypemic hypoxia occurs when the body is no longer to a- able to accept and transport enough oxygen to the cells. This is usually a result of w- what? A toxin? Or the body's ability to carry oxygen being limited by uh, things like carbon monoxide. Yes, or the that blood. one. Yeah, you're correct. And we got time for one more. What's the last okay. question? According to the regulations, at altitudes about 12.5 and including 14,000 feet, when must the crew be provided with and use supplemental oxygen? Is it immediately, after 30 minutes, or after 45 minutes? 30 minutes. Correct. 12,500 for 30 minutes, right? Yep, when you're above 12.5, yep. You have to use it. 
That's right. You pass. I pass. So much for 100%, but at least I passed. Well, I'll take it. All right. Well, enough about me. we got to talk about Captain Dennis and his latest accomplishment. That's coming up next on Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Be an explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. For nearly 75 years, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association has been a beacon for those who cherish the freedom to fly. AOPA protects your rights as a pilot by fighting airspace restrictions, fuel taxes, user fees, airport closings, and other issues that threaten your ability to take to the sky. AOPA is on the front lines every day to ensure that general aviation and the interests of its members are promoted and safeguarded. Learn more about how you can become a member at AOPA.org. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot, and flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Six bucks in my right nut says we're not landing in Chicago. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me along with Captain Dennis navigating the latest aviation news and information and then telling you a few things that we were able to accomplish. When I say we, I mean really Dennis because he celebrated National Aviation Day last Saturday uh, in style, right? That's right. Abby and I got went up uh, in the Mooney and did a couple of a little cross country. Got a couple of landings and added a couple more stamps in our little airport passport. But it's been really a lot of fun now that I get to fly as her instructor because you know I'm letting her do the flying, so I mm-hmm. get to sit back and 
enjoy know, the view. Easy. Right? Exactly. But even more is she's becoming much more comfortable on the radio. She's actually able to call the tower and get our taxi clearance and read it back to them. And that's, you know, that's a big challenge. That's a lot of people really freeze up on the radio and, and have problems with that initially. And I, it's just really rewarding to watch her as she's starting to get better and more comfortable with doing it. So well, I bet. And that is the hardest part. Let me be real. You think it's easy doing this show? <laughs> I challenge you. No, actually, so. <laughs> no, no, I don't challenge you. Don't, don't bother. We, we don't need more than one. Uh, anyway, but, but that is the appropriate way you should, you know, celebrate National Aviation Day. So you did it right. And, and you didn't stop there. You went right from that into this, uh, this new program and you went well, to a class and the whole thing. So, so explain what's going on with you. So, you know how we always say you never want to get that phone call from the FAA? Well, I did. Uh-oh. But this was actually a good one. Um, I was actually selected to become a one of the Minneapolis FAA safety team or the FAST team representatives. So on Tuesday, I had to actually go into the FAA office for a formal new hire training, as they call it. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it's a volunteer position. But for me, I think it's great because I, you know, I'm so passionate about flying, as you know, and being able to share that and be able to help um, make people safer. Uh, not just through this show, but now by being able to conduct safety seminars or provide training uh, and being able uh, a rep for the FAA safety team to get some of their messages out to our audience as well, I think is just absolutely great. I mean, FAA FAST team was designed to improve the nation's uh, accident rate by conducting training, outreach, and education, which is what we do here on the show already. And so right. now I could, you know, do that in person as well. And I have access to the resources of the FAA as well for training materials and upcoming seminars and information that they want to communicate and get out to the field. So hopefully we'll be able to, you know, incorporate a recurring segment or something like that into the show here with, you know, what the FAA's current uh, topic of the month is that they want to get out, whether it's controlled flight in terrain, loss of control, and, you know, be able to help, uh, get that word out and make more people aware and also make them aware of the resources that the FAA has available to us as pilots. Um, I know a lot of people haven't looked at the uh, FAA safety team website and they should. It's you good know, stuff. Most, chock full of great stuff. Well, there's a lot of YouTube videos out there that mm -hmm. you can watch and learn. There's training courses. Um, are you familiar with the FAA wings uh, program, Greg? Yes, I have heard about this. We, we had D Diego, uh, our FAA guy from years ago telling me about that. He could go on there and, and pay attention to this stuff. And of course uh, I didn't, but you probably ignored it like you do everything well, else. Sometimes. Yeah. But you know, the wings program is, is a great, uh, great opportunity for you to do continuing education. You know, the FAA requires that you have a flight review every 24 months, but why wait two years to go and brush up on, uh, you know, rules and regulations and, you know, just academics when you could be doing it maybe every quarter. And that's what they're, they're putting together now is a, is kind of a scheduled training program that they're, they're calling a topic of the quarter and they want you to go out to the FAA website, go and take one of these training classes or go attend a, a safety seminar at your local airport or watch a presentation from somebody like the Air Safety Institute. You get credit for wings for the academic and then go out fly with your instructor for an hour and have him sign off on whether your air work or stalls or takeoffs and landings, whatever um, is required by the curriculum, you get that signed off. Now you've flown with him this month. 
Then you go do it again in another three months for next quarter. And at the end of a year, you've got the three flights and the three academics that you need to get a flight review because wings, if you get a phase of wings, it counts as a flight review. Hmm. So instead of waiting 24 months and never touching the books or never flying with an instructor, you did it, you know, an hour every three months. And you could even take a quarter off and it'd still be once a year you're refreshing your certificate. Well, there you go. Yeah. Doesn't that sound like keep you on schedule? Yeah, exactly. I like you know, it. instead of dreading that flight review, oh God, now I got to buckle down to the books and regs, what's changed and mm-hmm. sitting with this guy and spend an hour, then go spend another hour flying. And I just want to go get a hundred dollar hamburger. Right. You could make yourself a better pilot, continuously learning. Well, that's yeah. you, know. you have definitely uh, got the uh, whole vibe going. And, and when you went in for your interview, did you have to dress up like a real job kind of thing, even though it was a volunteer position? I, I went in with a Mooney shirt on. I figured I may as well. Well, that it, right? counts. He's yeah, a pilot. Yeah. You know, but, but you do have, you had to interview for this and you had to show him that you knew what the hell you're talking about, despite the fact of being on just plain radio. You had to say, well, you had to have it was a little bit less that. of an interview because <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the aviation uh, inspector that I work with, um, we've actually met with him many, many times and we've had him on the show. So he knew what we were doing. So when he heard that I was interested in being uh, on the team, it was pretty easy to uh, for him to make a decision that, yeah, this is the guy I want working with us. Okay. Despite the fact that he uh, hangs with these guys on Just Plain Radio, let's uh, see what we can do. Let's mold him into the pilot we know he can be. Is That's what I think he was thinking. You know, I'm just guessing. Well, I, I think he figures I'm, I'm clay that can be easily molded being a new CFI too, that, you know, hey, if, if I see the value of this as a flight instructor, you know, and I can share that with my new students and get them started right from day one, it'll make everybody's job a lot easier. Hey, look, you know, he's not Craig. That's all we need to know. So he's good to go. See, I know my position. And on that note, we'll wrap it up. Till next time, remember, there is no better high than learning to fly. Just Plain Radio is brought to you by JustPlainRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Morbid. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plain Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. But just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlainRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plain Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. <laughs> Listen up, everybody. I'm some news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plane Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. A little too far. Cross the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlaneRadio.com. 